talking and playing. And, and that's like one of the best things you get when you're at church. When your church has kids in it and has life in it, oh man, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so, uh, good morning to you guys all. Good morning to three of you at least. Um, <laughs> I posted a picture to Facebook the other day and I asked people what they thought about when they saw the picture. Um, you had that picture for me, Maya? I think. There it is. It's, it's, it's a picture of, of a street light at night when the sun's going down. And, and I asked a question, what do you think when you see this picture? And, and, and there's a few responses on Facebook. Anybody want to, what's your thoughts? Bri? The end of a long day. End of a long day. Ian? God's light, God's light shining on us. God's light shining on us. Okay. Pastor's kid. <laughs> Goodness. Anybody else? I have a couple from online I can read too. Anybody else? I think football, Friday Night Lights. Football, Friday Night Lights. Okay, good, good. Yeah, um, oh, I just lost my picture. Where'd it go? Or my thing. I won't quote names, but one person said, um, God does the best coloring or has the best colors. The lights in the, in the parking lot after baseball or football games satisfy that your kid is tired and ready to snuggle in for the night after you have a short supper day together. Okay. Another one said, just after it rains, the ground is wet, but the breeze is warm. You know, what I think about is, is, is um, during the summertime, no, no joke, uh, I love to write my sermons in, in the atrium, and during the summertime, I, f- I feel like here more than anywhere I've ever lived, you, we often get these uh, shades of purple or pink lights on, like in the, in the sky, and I love it. But, but what this actually really reminds me of is, is when I was a kid, um, when that light came on, there it is. When that light came on, it was time to go home. You know, and I lived in, a, in, in the suburbs of Chicago, and, and we knew that nothing good happened when, when it became dark out. So when the lights came on, we went home. Um, and if we didn't do that, then our butts would be the color of the sky in the background. <laughs> so, but, but when the light's on, it's time to go home. It, it calls us home. We, we, we know it, okay? Um, today, what we're going to be looking at is, is when it's time to go home. It's, it's when it's time to repent, and God calls us home and back to, to us, okay? Or not to us, back to him. And, and, and what we're going to be looking at is Jeremiah... And Jeremiah, God uses Jeremiah, and he's calling out to the people of Israel, and he's saying, return to me. So let's pray, and then we're going to hear from the, the, these couple of verses that, we're, that we have for our text today, okay? Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls. It is your word that convicts the heart, mind, and soul. May your Holy Spirit have its way in us. May the worries of the day be cast away. May the fights that happen in the morning not come in the sanctuary or be gone by now, Lord. May the bills that need to be paid not be on our minds. But Lord, may, may, may the thing that's most important be evident, evident before us, and that is our relationship with you and the relationship you want to have with us. So Lord, we thank you for all you do for us. In your name we pray, amen? amen. <clears throat> okay, our, our, our text from today, two verses. So that means it's only going to be about a 45-minute sermon. So those two verses from Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, 
God says to Jeremiah, go proclaim this message toward the north. Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on, oh, I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to the foreign gods under every spreading tree and have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. So what we have here is we have this, this, this picture, we're going to get to in a minute, but God is calling them back to him. And, and I want us, to, to, I want us to, to, to see something, okay? And, and for this, um, Ian, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you in my sermon. You didn't know this was going to happen, and I know you don't like this, but come here for a second, okay? I know, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm pulling him. Okay, I, I want you guys to see the, you don't have to do anything, okay? You just get to stand right here. You get to, to be uh, God in this image, okay? Because here, here's what happens. When, uh, when God creates, created Adam and Eve, he created them, and what did he do with them in the Garden of Eden? He walked with them. He walked with them, and he talked with them. And I'm going to be man, okay? You're going to be God. And but see, what happens is, then we, Adam and Eve, or we, because we too sin, and we step away from God. And, 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 and those walks became less, and man became more, as, as man became more and more sinful, and as, the, as their actions led them to more of a place of slavery, they stepped away from God. God wasn't the one moving away from them. But see, then we see God uh, send Moses to speak to his people who were, who were captives, who were slaves. And, and when he does that, um, uh, it's really what it is. It's, it's, it's God stepping towards us, and he's trying to speak to us. <laughs> but see, because of our sinfulness, we're like, no. And what happens is then Israel says, you know what, God? Send a king. Send a king for us to follow, right? And, 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 and when they say that, they're saying, we don't want you. We want a king to follow. And they step back. But, but the thing about it is, this is what happens when we see the scripture. There you go. What we see is, we see God gives him a king. And then, and then but the problem with this is that that's not good enough. So, so then God, they step away from the kings. And the kings are evil. So then God comes towards them again with judges. And this happens again. And then it happens again with, with the prophets. And and. <laughs> We're the ones who are moving away, and God is the one who, who is pursuing the relationship, right? Okay, you did a great job, buddy. Thank you. So, so and I, I tell you that because we, we have to see this picture of separation that has been created because of man and his sinfulness. But the thing I want you to understand when, when, when I did this illustration was this. Any of you guys ever play the water balloon game toss? You know, when you're outside and you're playing the water balloon and, and you toss it and the person catches it and then what happens? Both sides take a step back. That's not what happens in this picture. This is not a picture of God stepping back and stepping away from, from a relationship with us. It's not like that. This is man stepping back from God and God's still moving towards us. And here is another time when we see this, but before we even get there, you know what, the, the problem with this is this, when, when they wanted the kings, and then, and then they wanted, the, there's judges, and then there's the prophets, and they wanted the prophets, they, they did. The problem with all this was this, is, is that if you've been reading along in, in, in the Bible in 90 days with us, is what? Man is sinful, isn't it? There's just so many times where the kings are evil and they, they walk away from God and the judges start to proclaim stuff that, that aren't true and the prophets are giving false testimonies because they want to be liked by the people. And, and, and all this time we're going through this and these people are all walking away from God. 
And here we see in Jeremiah, one of the prophets being told to go and proclaim this message to Israel. And the first three words, the first three words, Maya, that's you, um, are, are return faithless Israel. Jeremiah is the mouthpiece of God, and God's voice is calling them to return. And, 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 and here's what, when God is speaking to Jeremiah at the beginning of this, of this text, in chapter 3, um, he gives some imagery of what the relationship has become that's kind of vile. Here's what he says. If a man divorces his wife and she leaves him and marries another man, should he return to her again? Would not the land be completely defiled? But you, who is the you in this? Israel. You, Israel. You, let me give another way for us to understand what Israel is. You, my people, okay? You, my people, have lived as a prostitute with many lovers. Would you now return to me, declares the Lord? Look up to the barren heights and see. Is there any place you have not been ravished? Is there any place you have not cheated on me? By the roadside you sit and wait for lovers. Sat like a nomad in the desert. You have defiled the land with your prostitution and wickedness. And here's what it is. It's, it's every opportunity that you have to walk away from me, you have. And now contrast that with the very first word that we have in, this, in, this, in, the, in the text that we're looking at. Return. God is still calling them to return to him. But, you know, before we go, let me ask you a question. Um, if you, what, how, how, is, how is Israel, how is God's chosen people, the, his people, how have they cheated on him? How have they defiled themselves? If you're reading along at all, or even just, just through what you know, any answers? Worship idols. Worship idols. Yep, that's one of them. Yeah, yep. And what else? Anyone? What were some of the ways that, 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 that they worshiped the other idols? What were they doing? What were they, they're sacrificing to, to other idols? What were they sacrificing? Their children. They would, they would throw their children in a fire. These people had so strayed away from God and who he is. You know, they followed other gods. And you know, the, the big thing was when, 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 they, when, they, when they went into this life of adultery, it, it, was, it was this. They stopped trusting his word. They killed their babies. They, they trusted other kings to provide for them. They, they sinned in many adulterous ways. They made idols for themselves. And Jeremiah, a number of times, talks about these idols um, when you're reading the book and how they're made from man's hands. And he gets to the point where, where in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 5, it says this. It says, and this is like one of my, I, I love this verse. I love it. He this is God comparing their idols, the things that they're worshiping to this, to your idols are like a scarecrow in a melon patch. They cannot speak and they must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them because they, they, do not fear them. They can do no harm, no harm nor any good. That's what you're worshiping, he's saying to them. I not, and the imagery for me, for me with that one is this. A scarecrow is just that. It's just there for fear. 
You know, it's, it's, it's in the field, and it has to be made by the hands of man, and it has to be carried there, and that's what he says in the text. But yet when God wants to talk to his people, and when God wants to deliver them, he does it through miraculous ways. They've seen God. They've seen him move. So let's go back to those first three words. It says, return, faithless Israel. Turn back from your idolatrous ways. Come back to me. God knows his people. He named them. He birthed them. As we, we, we went through that when we started the Bible in 90 days, this is the plan he set in place after man rejected him. And he's again calling Israel back to him. But now let's stop for a minute. God is here. Here we see God calling out their, their, uh, their backslidingness. And as, if you go on in, in verse, or verse 22 of this, and he says, Return, faithless, faithless people, I will cure you of your backslidingness. I want us to stop here because I, I was thinking about this. If, if God is calling Israel out for them backsliding, and, and think about what backsliding is. Backsliding is when they have a relationship with God and then they start to walk away from it. And if the, if the Lord is speaking to his chosen people, Israel, how is he speaking to us in the same way? Because we go on and we're sinning. We do the same stuff. Maybe we're even worse. Here's how we know this. Let me ask you a question. Have you fallen in love with your sin? Have you gotten to the place where you love your sin and you want that more than you want the things that God has for you? You love your life the way it is. You love being your own God. You want to sleep around. You want to steal. You want to watch pornography. You want to be a gossip. You want power. You want to be a bully to others. And what you really, 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 really don't want is somebody else, especially God, telling you what to do. And when we get to that place, when, when, when that's what we're living, then we have idols. But the truth is this, when we rebel from God, when we turn from him and run, he pursues us and he says to Jeremiah, I will, and tell Jeremiah, tell his people this, I will frown on you no longer. And he says this, I am merciful. I am merciful. Someone came up to me a couple of Sundays ago and this is what they said to me. They said, it seems like the God of the Old Testament is more harsh than the God of the New Testament. Would any of you guys agree with that? That you see more of God's harshness in the Old Testament than you do in the New Testament? Yeah? Okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. We say that because we see how God reacts to sin. But in the New Testament, we see that Jesus is this nice guy who walks around and heals everybody and loves everybody, Right? So in the Old Testament, God pours out his wrath on the, on the people, but what does he do in the New Testament? God pours out his wrath on who? On Jesus. And we forget that sometimes. There's punishment for our sin. God is doing everything he can in the Old Testament to call them back. Hey, come back to me. You keep cheating on me. Come back to me. I still love you. I am merciful. I keep providing for you. I do all these miraculous signs. I want to have a relationship with you. In the New Testament, he pours out his wrath on Jesus and says the same words. I want to have a relationship with you, but there still needs to be a sacrifice. 
And here again, here is God, and he's just saying, just acknowledge your guilt. Did you see that? Return to me and acknowledge your guilt. My friends, God is the same. He is the same God then as he is today, and today he's asking us to acknowledge our sin. You know what the worst part about this is? We sit here and we know we're sinful, but we just don't want to let go of it. Or we just don't want to confess it. That's the hard part. And, but but the, the harder part for God is this. He's saying, I know you sin. I've dealt with your sin through the work of Jesus Christ. And then he says this, return to me. That's the imagery he's always given us throughout all of the scriptures. The Old Testament points to Jesus. The New Testament points to Jesus it's all the same. It's, it's, it's the reason why I had Matt um, uh, read this morning the text of, 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 the, of the father with two sons. You know, the prodigal son is what we usually call it. But, but you know, um, and, and, and he's waiting for the son to return to him in the same way that he is re- waiting for, for us to return to him. And all he's saying is just confess your sin. This is why Jesus Christ has come into the world. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust. Did you hear that? He who was just died for those who were unjust. So that the whole purpose of it, 1 Peter 3.18, so that he might bring us to God. There was this kid who used to love to play basketball. He actually grew up playing basketball with his dad in his driveway. His dad taught him to play basketball, and, and to be honest, that's all this kid really wanted to ever do is play basketball. He, he got to the point where he started to go to the, the park to play with all these kids, and, and then he, would meet, he met these new people, and he just started to play with them. And, and he established these friends through playing ball at the park, but his dad had this one rule. His dad's rule was this, when the street lights come on, it's time to come home. And his dad would say, if the front light is on, you need to be home, son. And as time went on, the son started to hate this rule because he wanted to stay out later and later with his friends. And and he started doing this, and it started to hurt the relationship he had with his father. He would hang out with these other kids at the park over and over and over again. He started to get in trouble, and and the boy and his dad started to not see eye, eye to eye anymore. The relationship was getting worse as time went on and and as the boy started to grow up. The boy started to steal and he started to do things wrong and he got arrested and and, and the relationship between the father and the son just got worse and worse. And then one day the son goes and he steals his dad's credit card and he runs away from home. He takes his dad's credit card and he leaves and he starts to sleep with, with, uh, with strangers he'd meet. He starts to sleep at friends' houses. Every now and then he would use his dad's credit card to, to book a place to stay. And this went on not just for days but for months. And, and, and then the months turned into over a year and, and, and time just kept on going by. And, and, and every time the boy needed something, he would take his dad's credit card and he would swipe his dad's credit card. 
And every time he swiped the credit card, he always wondered, you know, is this going to be the day the card gets declined or reported as stolen? And he kept on doing it, and, and he just kept on going and kept on going. And, and, and as I said, the months just kept on adding on and adding on. And as time went on, this guy went back for a walk one day, and, and he went to the park where he used to play basketball, and he was just sitting on his bench, and he's watching all these, all these kids play basketball. And the next thing he knows is another person around his same age walks up to him and he starts to talk to him and he says to him, hey man, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, I remember you. And they started talking and they used to be neighbors. And, and then the son says to the, to, to the neighbor kid, he says, does my dad still leave the, the front light on at night? And the kid starts to laugh and says, yeah, your dad always has his light on at night in the front of the house. And he goes, oh man, I, was, I haven't seen my dad in years and I was kind of thinking about going home. I was thinking about returning to my dad, and I don't know, I don't know. And the kid, you know, said, okay, well. The two separated, they went on their way, and as the, as the neighbor kid walked home, he, he had seen this boy's dad, and he said to him, you know, I, I saw your son today. And he said, you did? You saw my son? And he said, yeah, I saw him at the park today, and, and he asked me if you still left the light on. And dad said, yeah, I still leave the light on. He goes, yeah, I told him that. And dad says, well, did he say anything else? And he said, yeah, I was thinking about going home. And that's why he wanted to know if the light was on. So the dad said, with tears in his eyes, okay, I got to go home. Thank you for sharing this with me. And the dad leaves and he goes home and the dad goes out to the hardware store, local hardware store, and he buys three floodlights and he sets them up everywhere in the front yard. That night, the boy starts to trickle through the neighborhood, going through the blocks, not wanting anyone to see him, and it was dark, and, and he just wanted to see if the, that light would be on when he got there, and as he got a little bit closer, he's across the street, and he's in between these two houses, and, and he peeks his head around, and he, and he sees a bright light, and he kind of like, what is that? And he, so he goes around to the front of the house, and, and he sees these three floodlights, and he sees the father standing in the window looking out, waiting for the sun to return. That is the message of Jesus Christ. The light is bright. The Father chases us. He always makes it known that when we run from him, his goal, his desire, the ache of his heart is that we would always return to the Father. That which is broken, he desires to fix. That which is deemed dirty, he desires to redeem and be called clean. That which is sick, he hopes will be healed. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, call us home. Help us, Lord, to... No, Lord. Break through our sinfulness, our dirty hearts, our dirty minds, our dirty souls. And Lord, would you... Help us to repent. Help us to, to, to utter the words, I'm sorry. Lord, as we run from you, may you put your pinky finger on the top of our head and spin us back into a direction to where we start to run towards you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for being a merciful God in the Old Testament and a merciful God in the New Testament. In your name we pray, amen.